Monday, people. FT Live, Krasinski, Kratz, Braun with you. And we will not have our regular live show on Tuesday, July the 4th. It is a holiday if you're unaware. Just a little programming note for the top. But we're hustling for you today. Dave O'Brien from The Athletic on the Braves, the best team in baseball. It's not even a question now. Just save it right now. Ken Rosenthal and Ryan Helsley of the St. Louis Cardinals also joining us later on. And someone's getting arrested. It's probably AJ. It is. Because he is around the country and we can't find him. So good. Someone finally found you. Um, But anyway, did you know? I'm on the north side. I'm on the north side of Chicago. That's why they're coming for me. If I was on the south side, I probably have a get out of jail free ring. (laughs) That'll get me out of jail. But on the north side, they they come for me. Cubs fans love you. Love you. Do you know, Kratzy, we are now well past halfway through the season. We're at 51% past the season 42 percent increase in stolen bases and the average game's a little over two and a half hours this is a different game just letting you know it's a different game and the four and a half inches matters wish todd was on here to find that out but mm-hmm. i still don't know if we're gonna get 70 plus yeah. ruiz estuary He's still got to keep getting on base. He's in the 40s. I believe he's at 42 at the moment. The Oakland A's non-all-star. Rooker's the all-star from Oakland. But let's charge the damn mound, and we will begin with trade season officially beginning. I was super excited to see this. The only thing I wasn't excited about was the fact that we were off the air on Friday, and then this pops up like hours later. Araldis Chapman from the Kansas City Royals to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers might have the most clear cut needs and goals at the trade deadline they can swing the bats they need pitching they very much need relief pitching they rank towards the bottom in era strikeouts great way to fix that aj is to pick up araldis chapman who was talked about as an absolute lock to be traded but also one of the better swing and miss relievers that you can get who can make a difference for you in the playoffs as long as he can find the strike zone because you know he usually goes through a what the hell's going on for a couple weeks. But what do you think about this? Just don't let anyone steal home off of him, okay, Scott? <laughs> All right. Uh, gotcha. This this is one of those signings w- with the Royals when they say, we signed to roll this Trapman. You know what you already start doing as soon as they announce that? Looking at when the trade deadline is and where he's going to go. Because he had no almost no chance unless he was hurt or pitched awful of staying in Kansas City for the whole year. So it makes total sense for the Rangers. It makes total sense for the Royals. There's certain teams I think as a veteran guy you sign with, and, and sometimes it might be your only place to sign. But when you sign there, you say, okay, I'm getting traded from there at the trade deadline. I can survive two to three months anywhere, and then I'm going to go to a contender. And this is basically what happened to Aroldis Chapman. Yeah, he 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 knew it right out of the gate. I don't think he was sitting there going, I'm going to definitely carry the Royals to the postseason. I think he was <laughs> sitting there going, I got to get back in the graces of – whatever MLB decided they, you know, wasn't going to give me a job last year because of whatever the Yankees said about what happened at the end of the season. Some of it's hearsay. Some of it's, you know, could he quit on the team? Who knows? But he came out and he's punching out the world, walking a little too much. That's the beauty of a closer. But if you don't have him in the closer role, Guys are a little more patient. In the ninth inning, guys want to get stuff done, and they want to be able to swing the bat. And so you can throw a few more balls. He's walked a few too many this year because he's going to be outside of the closer role at the beginning of his time with the Rangers. 
So will you let him close ultimately if he is locating? Because the one problem for him has been the walks, but otherwise the numbers are spectacular so far this season for him. He's 35 years old. He's got a 2.45 ERA. This is his best season since 2019. 179 ERA plus. Average is 100. 53 strikeouts in 29 and a third. So first off, are you putting him in the ninth inning? And you have another good lefty back end guy in Will Smith. But I, I think Will is less concerned about where he's pitching. No doubt. I, I think, yeah. Why would you not? The one bugaboo for the Rangers this year has been their bullpen and their closer. They've blown a ton of leads. And they've stuck Will Smith in that job, and he's been good. But you can put a guy in there who's closed out World Series and, and closed out big games and playoff games and all this thing. You, you throw him out there, and you let him go. And especially because of the year he's having. Now, some people are going to come at you and say, well, it was the Royals. It wasn't high pressure doesn't matter this dude has done it he's a legend and then yeah you stick him right in there and say will smith you're a great setup man go get the seventh and the eighth i think they're gonna i think they're gonna pound it at whatever whatever spot in the lineup they're at i don't i don't know if they're i haven't watched enough rangers games at the end i only watched the highlights of them mashing all over the yard but chappie's striking out way too many guys to not have him in high leverage roles and i think will smith that's his spot. He's been doing well with it. But I think I think you're right. I think he is more willing to be like, all right, I'll go get outs wherever. And I think that's kind of the new role of what bullpens are. But again, with Chappie's control issues, I think that plays better in the ninth inning. And he's been there. I mean, Smitty's been there too. So it's not, you know, I think I think you got two great options. And for me, props to Texas is the last thing I'll say. Thank you for going for it right away and making a deal. I actually think that what they gave up wasn't super heavy. Um, obviously, one of the dudes is 17, Ronnie Cabrera, toolsy, pop arm, whatever, but 17 years old. He's not like one of the top prospects right out of the jump. And then Cole Reagans, who's got good stuff. His fastball velocity has ticked up a lot because he's had trouble locating. But for me, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, they had to give up the farm for Aldis Chapman. I actually thought it would have cost them a little bit more in terms of prospect capital. No, you didn't think so? Dude, it's a half-year rental. No. Yeah, but it's Chapman. He's one of the better relievers. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's what a rental – that's why so many teams are going to go and get every reliever possible. They just don't give up reliever. they don't give up that much for relievers. But shocker that the Royals got an outfielder that's got some speed. I don't care if he's 10 years old. Outfielders, <laughs> Royals, that's my what they do. My bigger question to you all is, before we get into the All-Star Game stuff real quick, who's next? Who's going to make a move next? Because this is an early move. And I love the Rangers for doing this, but who's next? Who's who's the team that's in contention or on the fringe of contention that's going to make the move that didn't, every other team goes, oh, my gosh, we're in panic mode. we got to go do it. I'll go Houston. The Astros are four games back of Texas. They just beat the Rangers yesterday. But I'm reading into Dana Brown, their GM, saying that they're going to make more of like a major league move potentially because they don't want to go dip into their farm system because it is ticking down a little bit. Plus, you had those sanctions on them. So I could see them trading one of their outfielders, right? They've got uh, Jolks. They've got Myers. Chaz McCormick needs to be playing every day. I could see them making a deal like that where you're giving up a guy that has more years of control for maybe like a rental. So. Just throwing something like that out there. I'll go Astros. You got one, Kratzy? Mine would be Orioles because they're cheap and they just want to get something. If they can find something on the cheap and give away like their 10th through 13th prospects, 
I think they would. I think the Orioles would jump real quick. All right, let's hit the All Star rosters. You got the full thing announced, and your number one snub is who wants to go? I think AJ does. Oh, uh, Wander Franco for me, no doubt. Um, I know he went through some stuff with the team, but his numbers, what he's done for the team at the best record in the American League. He plays shortstop. He was a premium defender. He's an offensive force for me. It's Probably not even close. It's Wander Franco. It's not even close. I mean, I completely agree with you. I don't know the whole thing with the team. I don't think that had anything to do with fan voting or maybe the fact that he plays for the Rays. He didn't get enough fan votes. But the players, I don't, I don't, I don't think that had anything to do with it. Mine, Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer's got an 867 OPS. He is the highest OPS in like the top. I don't know what it is. I think top 20 guys that didn't make it in and it's it's not even close the next closest is goldie but you know goldie tough position but spencer steer has had a unbelievable year for the reds so far and deserves to be in probably will be in but isn't in there yet i don't think he's a lock to be in and i like steer a lot too but i don't know if he's a lock right i haven't seen him pop up i read like i was up way too early this morning i read like three or four snubs articles and I didn't see him in there. I'm with you, though. I mean, he's on pace for about 30 homers. He's a rookie. He's been great. I don't think he's been talked about enough. He's been overshadowed by some of the other rooks there, right? Like Matt McLean and Ellie De La Cruz, of course. So it's a good call. But I don't I don't know. I don't know if he gets in. No, dude, everybody, as Kratz said the other day, everybody makes the All-Star team. No. There'll be so many guys that are like, oh, my – Left labrum is sore. I'm taking the days off in Seattle. So Fissures. Fissures. Can yeah, we make... place a wager then? Uh, let, let's place uh, some type of dinner. A dinner on Spencer Steer. No, I was going to say, if he gets in, you have to wear your tank top you had in our production meeting. And if he doesn't, then Kratz has to wear it. Kratz? Okay. Okay. If and Steers then AJ in, pays for I dinner no matter what. Top. Yeah. <laughs> and AJ pays the tank top dinner. I'm in. That's perfect. No, I'm in on the show. I'm in on the show. Not a not out to No, dinner. I know. On the show. Okay. 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 Yep. No problem. Right. Easy. Done. I can wear my McAfee. Uh, let's show uh, some of the rosters, though. We, we have them all prepped. So let's, let's give you a look at what we're working with here. Um, on the American League side, pitching-wise, I love that you've got – both of those Orioles relievers in there. It's a must. Bautista and Cano, they are a force. That's why that team closes out games. You can see some of the rest of the list here. Castillo's the only Seattle Mariner, and it's in Seattle. George Kirby, I think, is fringe and might make it. It's a mm. shame. No Julio Rodriguez. He doesn't have that kind of year, and he well, will Mc- be in the home run derby. Well, McClanahan's already out, so there's McClanahan's one for Kirby. Out. Kirby will be on that list. Yep. Right? Uh, someone else just – Zach Eflin maybe coming in there. I think yeah. Eflin. I think Eflin and Snell are over Kirby. I think Snell. What Snell's done recently, striking out the world. Snell's I think the Snell's league. ahead of him. But Snell's, Snell's on the, the other league. side. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But right. yes. And, and <laughs> also, American League least. again. <laughs> if he pitches for the if he pitches for the American League, that would be a story. Hey, he might trade. get traded. He, he might, might get, get traded, traded if the if the Padres keep doing this. Oh. I mean, they they lost another oh. terrible terrible game for them yesterday. Where they didn't Fromberg just go in the IL too? I thought he did. He but came out of that game. He got I pushed never back. Saw. He got pushed back or went on the IL, something like that. So there's two spots, maybe. So many, so many late breaking news articles. I here. thought Fromberg went on the IL. I could be wrong. 
I thought he did. I, I know he, he left. I don't know if he went IL yet, but I get yeah, what you're saying. Again. He's probably anybody that's feeling anything this week is not pitching. Um, yeah. That's yeah. where you see the most replacements. Let, let's hit the, uh, the next list here. The pitchers on the National League side. Cool to see Edwin's brother, Alexis Diaz, making a big name for himself. The only Giants rep, Camilo Duval. That says actually a lot about what the Giants are doing. It's not a, a team full of superstars, yet they're they're competing. Props to Bryce Elder on this list. Our boy Hader. Keller had a really cool video when he found out he made it. And Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman. Uh, Strider's on there for the first time. So cool to see these guys. Eh, one quick question before we jump. And also, uh, also props to the Braves. We'll get into that in a sec. Should Otani, like for example, this year, does he get two All-Stars on his Ledger or one? One. One. But he's one. a pitcher and a position player. One. Like, should he be a six-time all-star in three years? One. One? No. Okay. Because unless there's a two games, like, you can go to the AAA game the Kratz played in every year, and then he can get two. Yeah! Do it, Otani. <laughs> he's got we'll one let you on hit you. and pitch in. <laughs> he'd, probably get, he'd probably get whacked in AAA all-star game, by the way. He would not. No. Oh, a hundred with a splitter <laughs> place. <laughs> Indeed. That's what Alec Manoa thought when he pitched against those rookie ball kids and didn't play. And now joining us, senior writer for The Athletic, covers the Atlanta Braves, Dave O'Brien with us. And Dave, great to see you. And also, AJ's been like calling for some Braves writers to get on while he's on. So glad we have you linking up at a time when your team that you're covering is sending eight players to the All-Star game and they deserve it. What a week it's been. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How you guys doing? Very Bowman. good. Bowman, Very it's good. nice to see you, Bowman. Oh, wait, you're not. <laughs> I'm about half a boat. <laughs> Troll City. Troll City. Hey, did you ride your uh, motorcycle in today? or? Uh, I've, I've been able to ride about two-thirds of the time this year because if it's not more than a 20% chance of rain, I ride to the ballpark. I like but uh, we're getting into the summer months where we get a chance of rain about every day now. But it was a good, good first half, though, for as far as uh, good riding weather. Dave, can, can we start with the, the poll question for you? Can we get an answer from you? Because there's some Braves involved. So we said, who else should join the Derby this year? Yeah. Uh, options are, and I know Acuna already said, I'm not doing it this year. Right. But we threw him in there because why not? Acuna, Soler, your guy Matt Olson, Luis Robert, or Kyle Schwarber. Who would you want to see? Huh. Uh, yeah, if Acuna had not said no, I'd put him him. Probably, but Soler and Olsen, not very far behind. Soler is liable to hit one 500 feet and in a home run derby. Um, he's pretty exciting to watch and watch take BP especially. But Acuna is – he's otherworldly, man. But I, I tell you what, I, I think Acuna made the right decision. If I was having the season Acuna's having, I wouldn't do a damn thing to disrupt, even the chance of disrupting it because he's doing some historic type things. He's on pace to just blow away lots of uh, standards. Can't argue with you on that, but you know, some guys like Juan Soto go into it and say it helped my swing. So maybe yeah, Cunha could get even better. I don't know. Matt Olson, he just hits homers. That's all he does. I don't think it would mess up his swing. And no, Solaire, yeah, I don't think it's gonna bother him. Solaire, ex Brave, great. What this? This should be the uh, the All Star, the Braves All Star game with eight guys, the entire infield, and you can make a case that Travis Darno could have made the All Star team. You could. How about they've had three different catchers make it in two years because Contreras made it last year as a DH, but he, you know, he did what he did as a catcher. Uh, and then they got a totally different one this year. Make it with Sean Murphy voted to start his first year in the American League. 
and and by the way, I was looking at this morning because Murphy doesn't have quite enough PAs to qualify for rankings now with Darno playing more. Uh, Murphy's still the primary catcher, but he's got just enough to not qualify. So I put in 200 plate appearances and looked at the National League. If it's 200 plate appearances or more, the Braves have one, two, three in OPS in the National League. That's crazy, man, with Acuna, Murphy, Olsen. Have you seen a better Braves lineup in the last month than in your entire time? No way. <laughs> no way. Even Chipper said this is the best Braves team offense he's ever seen. He said they had a hell of an offense in 98. He remembered having six or seven guys hit 20. It wasn't quite that. It was four guys hit between 30 and 40-something that year, though. But the next two were like 13 to 10. And I think that's the difference in this Braves lineup is there's never been a team, not that I'm aware of, certainly not that I've covered, with the depth, one through nine. I mean, you got the reigning uh, National League Rookie of the Year batting ninth, Michael Harrison. He's on fire now. you got Eddie Rosario, who, by the way, led the team in OPS in June as a historic month where they hit 61 homers, National League home run record for any month ever. Eddie Rosario led the team in OPS in June, and he's not on the all-star team. And Marcelo Zuna has been on fire since the beginning of May. He's not on the team, all-star team. Dave, a couple things. One, you, I don't, don't ever compare yourself to the 98 Braves because there's a very sad song by Morgan Wallen about the 98 Braves and they didn't <laughs> win. Right. So, And there then is. two, how dare you compare this team to my team in 2016, okay? We were the best lineup the Braves have ever had. We won more <laughs> games than anybody ever did. So give us some damn credit, okay? Said nobody <laughs> ever. <laughs> if only for – not for injuries, man, right? No, man, I know. If only we didn't have such bad players, we would have worked out. <laughs> But no, it's like it's been pretty crazy because just when you think you've seen just about everything, you know, you see uh, Acuna have the season he had in 2019 before he got hurt. Uh, you know, you've seen the first ballot Hall of Famer with Chipper, who was the, you know the best player I've ever covered, overall player. Uh, then Acuna comes along and and is threatening. If he plays five more years, like he's even close to this year, he's going to replace Chipper in my brain as the best player I've ever covered. But uh, this team, though, the depth they have, it's like a team like maybe the Mariners back in the day in the kingdom, that team they had that had that incredible offense, then got beaten the postseason. But this Braves offense and the way they feed it off each other. And I think what really kickstarts it each night is their unbelievable first inning propensity that they have for scoring runs in the first inning with Acuna coming right out of the box, hitting, hitting bombs. I mean, it's like first pitch being your seat because if it's even closer to strikes on Acuna's hacking and there's a good chance he's hitting it out. And the first inning numbers are, you know, Sarah Langs had a stat the other day. Their first inning numbers, they've got more hits, homers, and uh, runs scored in the first inning than any other team has in any inning this year. They're good. By the way, Freddie Freeman says, uh, screw you, Dave O'Brien, <laughs> as far as the best players you've ever seen, okay? So he, he just texted me. It was like, wait, did Dave O'Brien just say Acuna over me and Chipper? Oh, he said, screw No, I didn't you. say him. I did not say him you yet. You just didn't okay. mention him. You didn't mention him. He, he, Freddie is right up there for sure. Okay. For, for sure. But I got to take the whole defense into account too, right? With Acuna and what he's doing defensively and base running and everything. Hey man, Freddie is, Hey, Freddie, Freddie, I would have to say Freddie is right there with chipper is the best all around hitters I've ever covered. Freddie's unbelievable hitter, man. He really is. We all know that. Too late. Don't kiss up. It's too late. <laughs> he's gone, man. Who cares about it? Oh uh, yes, That's exactly what I expected out of you. <laughs> 
No, but how about, how about if you take into account the other recent Braves, too, with the whole infield is in the All-Star game this year? And then you got Freddie and Dansby are both in the All-Star game as well. Atlanta, just Atlanta heavy. Just like, just like AJ Washington, always says man. about. Wash. Yeah, it's a wash right. thing. Is that what it is? No, it's Sal Fasano. <laughs> Sal Fasano is the. <laughs> Sal, Sal Fasano Sal. and Kevin Seitzer. <laughs> I know who it's not. It's not Kevin Seitzer. I it's promise definitely, you that. It's definitely Kevin Seitzer. It's definitely not. Sure. Yep. Come on, man. Seitzer's done a hell of a job with this team, man. Yeah, come on, come on AJ. Atlanta, Atlanta bias, like your New York bias. It's more Seitzer bias, but we'll get into that another day. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll hit get that. Get into that when I'm not on here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dave, what is, like, do you think they turn the humidifier off? Because the balls in Atlanta are going farther than any other stadium. Is it the team or well, is their humidifier broken? Well, I would say look at the averages that the visiting teams are hitting there. I, I don't think they're exceptional, are they? I think it's pretty average what the, what the visiting teams are doing. Um, I, I mean, the, and the Braves have hit some bombs in some other places that we've been as well. So I would have to say it's the Braves. They feel, I think they feel a little more comfortable hitting at home. But uh, um, I, I haven't noticed other teams hitting 490 feet there. But, I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't really done the research. But uh, – and it's just now getting humid. It was warm. It was uh, drier than usual here, which is not to say it was dry, but it wasn't as humid as it normally is. But we're there now with the humidity. Um, but the balls are flying. There, there's no doubt. Uh, I think it's just more the team, though, than anything. They, they, they got some long ball hitters on this team, as you know. Dave, let's find some pimples, though. What's wrong with this team? You got to give me something here. Give me something that they need to do at the trade deadline. Or do they say, this is so beautiful. I don't want to touch anything, of course, with Kyle Wright and Max Fried coming back at some point, too. And, you know, yeah. if they make a deal and it doesn't completely fit or there's a losing right. skid, they're going to be like, shouldn't have touched anything. Right. It was perfect. Right. And if they stay complacent or they, they don't do like a big deal then and they don't do anything in the postseason, then all the fans are going to hold them to account for standing, sitting on their hands. But I think uh, I think you have to. They know better than anyone where Freed is and where Cal Wright is. I think they fully expect Freed to be back uh, not too long after the break, maybe by August. And they're, they're kind of slow walking it with Freed to make sure that when he comes back, they're still going to have plenty of time for him to get in postseason form by the middle of September or so. Uh, I think that's the one. If you look at it, they're getting by with the starting pitching. And they still have great starters ERA. It's the best in the National League, I think. But I don't think you can go into the postseason without a really strong uh, trio of starters. And you got two with uh, with uh, Strider and Elder. But I think if you get free back, that would really kind of fill in that gap. And then you got Charlie. When you go to a longer series, you got Charlie Morton uh, as a fourth or Kyle Wright or whomever you're going to put in there. But they pieced it together so far going with these guys like Schuster and Dylan Dodd and, uh, you know, uh, AJ Smith Shaver came up 20 years old with uh, like three years of pitching experience in his life. So I, they're getting by doing it. I don't, I don't know how they have, but they have because they're outscoring people as is the biggest reason. But I think in the postseason, they really got to get, uh, if it's not freed, if he, if they're not certain about freed, they need to go out and get a starter. But I think they're fairly sure that freed is going to be, you know, max free when he comes back or close to it. So I don't know what the answer is. Uh, you can always add another big reliever. They can always use another reliever because, um, you know, they're getting some big, big contributions from some guys 
you know, Jesse's been on the, on the shelf now for a few weeks and they're a different bullpen without him and without Dylan Lee, but they expect that Dylan Lee back down for the stretch drive, but they really are leaning on some guys in the pen that have not accomplished a lot in some big situations, but they're, they're answering the bell so far for sure. But, uh, I don't know that they have a glaring weakness that they need to fill in. Obviously, they don't need to go out and get another hitter. They they they're they're set with that. Uh, they could use a fifth. They could use a backup infielder. Now that's that's nit, that's picking nets. But they've got Charlie Culberson as their backup infielder, and he's been on the team for almost a month. He has not played a game. He literally has not entered a game. They've not used a backup infielder in a month. Oh, we know about the dad story. Hey, dad, first pitch. No, just kidding. But now he's back. Yeah. So we were saying he's, yeah, gotta, he's back now. He's got to do a make like a makeup first pitch. He's back not playing there. now. Yes, back to not playing. Yes, <laughs> but he'll happily take that. But I'm with you. I mean, you have yep. to anticipate, hey, injuries are going to pop up. Unfortunately, yep. the trade deadline occurs, and then there's still a couple months of baseball. So just Yeah, I mean, they could have an injury at any time. It changes mm-hmm. everything. Obviously, they're not the same team or even close without Acuna. Because he does so much to ignite this offense, he's a, he's this guy, he's they as much as many great hitters as they've got in this lineup are, are solid hitters. They're a totally different team if you take Acuna out of the equation and everything he does starting the game. Have you had a chance to ask any of the players about their thoughts on the division because they're running away with it? The Marlins you just saw, but they ran right through them. They've been surprisingly good. I'm sure Braves players are looking around like damn, the Mets aren't giving us anything this year. They might actually right. be sellers. They're probably smirking about that because ever since that turnaround last year, the big series, they come back from the huge deficit in the division. The Mets really have been sinking as a ball club, and it continues despite having Scherzer and Verlander. Yeah, and and ever since the throw-it-again game is when the Braves have kind of taken things to another level too. But, um, no, I think they, have, they still have a tremendous amount of respect for the Phillies. The Phillies usually play them tough. They didn't this last series as much. but And they think the Phillies have played good. But if you look, the Phillies didn't lose any ground on the Braves during that tremendous month the Braves had. The Phillies maybe lost one game on the Braves. The Phillies were kind of going lockstep with them. And I think they know that Dave Dombrowski is trying to win one more championship. He'll trade anything they've got left. And the Phillies owner will spend a little money at the break to, or at the uh, trade deadline. Uh, to add some salaries if they need to. So I think they still know the Phillies could be right there. I don't think they're worried. They won't say they're not worried about the Mets, but they're not worried about the Mets. The Mets are out of it, man. Uh, The Phillies, the Marlins are doing this without Alcantara doing anything. The Marlins have got a a solid young team. They really do. Um, You wouldn't know it from the Braves games because they're like one and eight against the Braves, but they're about 20 games over 500 against everybody else. So, um, I, I don't. I, I think the Braves, uh, the division, if they're being honest, they know they're going to win the division, but they're looking for a lot more than just winning the division. Anything, anything less than going to the World Series this year is going to be a failure. I really think so. Damn! Look at look at you. Just, I mean, stirring the pot. The Phillies are dead. The Mets are dead. We I own didn't the say Marlins. the Phillies are dead. I mean, AJ, wow. don't come over my mouth, man. Man, have you changed? I did Dave? not say I mean, the Phillies. I said wow. the Phillies are right there. I said wow. the Mets are dead. The Mets yeah. are dead. So since the throw it again game, just talking shit. I get it. Just talking shit on the whole division. I understand. I mean, like you're you talking, like you're stirring it up with Freddie while ago with me, man. <laughs> See, I'm, you learn from the best. You learn from the best. Is, is Snicker all right? So I know they have a great team, but is Snicker the best manager in baseball? And then another question that's completely different. You mentioned Dodd earlier. Have you seen his jersey when he pitches? It looks like four zeros. Can we get the Braves to make a little change on his D so it doesn't look like zero, zero, zero on his back? 
<laughs> I haven't noticed that. They asked me about Snicker, and if I say yes, you're going to say, oh, look, you're going to say, oh, I'm, I, I would say that Snicker is the best at, at, at uh, running a clubhouse. And I think that's probably the biggest part of managing is, is handling the guys, not the X's and O's so much. I still think Craig Council is probably as good a manager as there is. But uh, you can't argue with the results. And I love Dusty Baker. I think Dusty's for the same kind of same reasons as Snicker. He's such a great people person. His team wants to play hard for him. Uh, so I think Dusty's great too. But uh, I don't know. I don't know that there's one guy that really stands out right now as an X's and O's genius or anything. Or if it, or if that's even that important in the major leagues. Um, okay. What do you I think? I just recorded that and I'm just sending it to Snit. So. We'll see him later. He's gonna, he's gonna ask you about it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Who do you think is right now? I mean, Brian Snicker looks like a damn genius because they got eight all stars and Alex. Everything he does, man. Yeah, he pushes I mean, the right buttons. Now, how do we get Ron Washington a job? Well, he's seventy, so I think some teams really wasted an opportunity in the last five years or so when everybody's obsessed with hiring the young guys, the analytically inclined guys. They look past an opportunity to have Ron Washington leading them because, to me, there's not a better guy uh, as far as motivating guys and wanting guys liking him and wanting to play hard for him than what Wash what, has a huge impact on this team, not just on the infielders, but the whole team. I mean, he, he has a really big influence on this team on a daily basis uh, just with the communication he has with the guys. I mean, everybody everybody respects him so much and everything he's out there. He's got so much energy, man, at 70. It's like – I want to have that energy when I'm 70, half that energy. And he's still smoking heaters, doing what he's doing, and out there hitting fungos two hours a day in the heat. It's just amazing to watch him. It really is. So he thinks Ron Washington's the best manager in the game and <laughs> Craig Council's second good and one. Snitaker's third. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I think Snit's a great manager. I really do. And I think he learned so much from Bobby Cox about how to handle a clubhouse and all that. I think that's the biggest reason why he's, he's been able to, to do what he did getting his first managerial gig at age like 63, something like that. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy, man. It's, if he was got it at 63, then he's 70. Cause that 60, was in- 60. That's right. Cause he's only 67. He got it at okay. 60. Okay. Cause I was saying, now you're saying wash is better because of it. We're, <laughs> we're fact checking you here, Dave, on this show. <laughs> yeah, don't fact check me, man. <laughs> are the, uh, are the Braves, are the Braves nervous about the playoffs? Do you feel like the Braves are sitting here going, oh, man, we blew it last year, or that was an anomaly, because it's the same team. They have not changed anything. Yeah, it's the same team, but Freed had missed time last year with the flu and lost like 10 pounds. And if you know Max Freed, you know he can't afford to lose 10 pounds, man. And Strider had not pitched in a month because of an oblique thing, and he went against Philly and blew him away for two innings and then just fatigued, man. He was nothing after that. So – that was a huge part of that series on top of the Phillies getting hot at the right time. I and mean, the Phillies were all of a sudden were hitting, we're getting huge hits and their ballpark was a, I mean, it was loud there last year. So they got out at the right time. I, I think this Braves offense is so much better now with Acuna was not the same player last year. Acuna was a shell of what he normally is last year. He's playing with the sore knee for most of the year, never really got on any kind of a role. So I mean, yeah, it's mostly the same personnel without Dansby and got RC at short, but it's the same personnel, but it's not the same personnel, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And for me, Acuna makes easy sense because he was coming off the knee and he Huge kept difference. talking about it last year. Yeah, night and day difference with him. 
What's surprising to me is some of the players that were on the roster last year that were average to below average players. And I know Ozuna picked it up towards the end of last season, but then he kind of sunk back yeah. down in the playoffs. They figured him out. But Ozuna, well above average hitter this year. Orlando Arce obviously is on another level right now. It's players like that to me that stand out that make you look at the lineup and go, well, shit, the bottom of the lineup I can't handle right now. Is that the biggest surprise offensively for the ball club? And is there any reasoning for how those guys improved so much? Well, yeah, Arce went from <laughs> – What did you say? He said Seitzer. Oh, yeah. Well, besides Seitz. Uh, Arce went from competing for – the fifth, the the uh, starting the, the shortstop job in spring training when the two rookies kind of stepped forward midway, they said it was going to be Shoemaker Grissom. All of a sudden, RC had faded in after coming into spring training, saying it was going to be RC or Grissom. Shoemaker had a couple of good weeks in camp, and all of a sudden, even even Snit said it's we're going to take Shoemaker or, or Grissom. This was a week and a half before the end of camp. We're going to take Shoemaker Grissom, and RC was going to be the the utility infielder again. And then they they did an about face on a week. Uh, three or four days before the end of camp said, no, we're optioning both of those Shoemaker and Grissom. We're going with Arcia. So Arcia, nobody saw this coming, what he's done. He's, you know, he's in, he has not hit as much lately, but he still had a tremendous first half. I mean, obviously he's in the all-star game was voted to start. Um, But a few of the other guys you mentioned, Harris really, you know, was hurt the first month of the season with the, with the back and then the, uh, the knee, so he didn't really get going until three or four weeks ago. And Chipper, you know, said, you know, once he gets going, I think you're going to see the offense go to another level. And it really has since he got going. But it's kind of like, you know, everybody, Ozuna was terrible last year. You know, had the arrest, had the second arrest in two years, and he was bad. Um, and then this year he started off so bad in April, all the fans were booing him. He was getting booed by Braves fans on the road where you could hear it, you know. But uh, he caught fire at the beginning of May, and he hasn't really cooled off. I mean, he's been tremendous in May and June. So, it's kind of up and down the order. They're getting it from everybody. And uh, I think they're kind of, you know, to use that cliche about guys feeding off each other, you know, they all say it. I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems to be true with these guys. They really do seem to be kind of, you know, feeding off each other in, in the lineup. They're having so much fun, man. These guys have a, have a great time out there. It's obviously easy to have a great time when you're beating the hell out of people. But, uh, yeah. you know. I don't know it, if you know this or not. Scott doesn't because he never played. But when you're hitting and scoring a billion runs every day, Baseball is fun. really fun. Yeah, it's really it, fun. It seems like that's a that's a key to having fun. Is yeah, winning and scoring a ton of runs. Yeah, if you don't score a lot of runs, guess what? Everyone's like, I'm so <laughs> sad every day. But if you're hitting if you're hitting bombs like the whole team is for the Braves, yeah. guess what? Everybody's lining up the bat rack. It's fireworks. It's like, let's yeah. go. We can't wait to play today. Otherwise, you look like the Mets, man. Or the twenty. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Drop the mic. Drop the water bottle. That's good. That's good. Hey, and that's that's uh, math. So hey, you asked me who was the best manager. Showalter won manager of the year, didn't he? Oh my! Dude, your Mets fire is making no has no end today. Dave, your Mets fire. Nah, man. I, no, that's not, no, I, that's I, what this show is about, Dave. I love it. That's, that's good fun. You got to kick them while they're down right now. Braves fans are loving it. So great to have you on. Great to when see you. When haven't they been down? Yeah. When was the last time they weren't down? <laughs> AJ, he's got it today. I mean, he's on fire. No, they he's won 101 games last year, man. Jesus. They weren't down last year. No, they weren't until towards the end of last year. You guys kicked him. And like you said, then you're well, gone. I'm not, I'm not one of them. I'll just cover the team. But yeah, the, the Braves. The Braves, <laughs> the, the Braves the kicked Braves. their ass when it mattered the most. You're they right. They have been kicking their ass. There's no they doubt. Did. Dave, great to have you on. We appreciate it. This was awesome, man. Great being here, man. Thanks, Thanks. Dave.
David O'Brien from The Athletic, and you can follow him as well at D-O-B-R-I-E-N-A-T-L. Writes great articles. And let's preview tonight's matchups. Last minute game time. Okay, so you hit up the game time app. You got last minute tickets, and it's at gametime.co if you're online. Best place to get your last minute tickets. I'm giving you the jet right now. AJ, where are you flying tonight? Uh, I'm going to Cleveland. I want to see the Braves we just talked about. Take on the Guardians. Uh, I just had a Guardians game on Saturday. We talked to Terry Francona before the game, and he's like, man, we play the Cubs, and then we get the Braves. And he said, I don't know how it's going to go because the Guardians don't score a lot of runs, and the Braves score a lot of runs. So Terry Francona was very interested. He said he thinks their pitching matches up well with them. But I want to see if the Atlanta offense can continue to do that against a team in the Guardians that can run some starting and some relievers at you. He was being he was being positive. The Braves are going to run through the Guardians. So <laughs> I'm going out to San Fran to watch a game in AJ's favorite stadium. It's also my pick, but I haven't seen Wu in real life. I haven't seen him out in the wild. I've only seen him on TV, and this dude punches out the world, and it is going to be an absolute strikeout fest out there. It's going to get cold. It might be a one nothing win for somebody, but the, Gi- the Giants are winning everything and the Mariners aren't, so it'd be a one nothing game. Pitcher fest. What about Herman? No, he's going to be tired. What do you mean? He's going to be tired after his perfect game. You think he's going to go back-to-back perfect game? Yeah, he only went 99 pitches. You're going your fee on, on Herman? <laughs> I don't have to choose that today. <laughs> Herman, 99 pitches, dude. That's nothing. So you're saying it was an easy, perfect game? That's an average day's work. I mean, hey, Oakland, Burley. It's a, it's a layup for me for AJ. Oakland's an easy day's oh, work. Oh, there we go. Burley, Burley, after his perfect game, went like six innings perfect the next start. Perfect? Perfect. He set the all-time record for most guys retired in a row. He broke Bobby Jenks' record. It was in our bullpen. And Bobby, when he, he knew the exact out, he got him. And he looked at – he, him and I both looked at the bullpen where Bobby Jenks was. And Bobby was so mad because that was like the one thing he had was the most consecutive batters retired and Burley broke it. We all knew it. And so we were giving Bobby shit and he just laughed about it later. But it was funny at the time. Yeah, I I think Herman is going to go, oh, crap. Baltimore is better than Oakland. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) It's going to be. Hey, ask the White Sox how how Oakland is, by the way. Well, true. Mm. I think I think Baltimore has a lot to prove right now. Too soon. Baltimore against New York. I just think that's going to be a great series. Orioles are kind of like playing with house money. We're a little early on on our rebuild, and we're a playoff team. Let's shove it to the Yanks while they don't have Judge. I can't wait to see that one. Wells against Tremont. And if you've got the Game Time app, then for the first time, if you're buying tickets, you should put in the code FTLIVEPORFAVOR, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. We're showing you how to uh, – Go through the app right now. Navigate the app. Um, Boom. There you go. Padres, Dodgers. If you're clicking on that game, you can then see where you are sitting. If you flip around your phone anywhere, you can see where your view is going to be. We love that. And if you're stressed out about finding last minute tickets, it just shouldn't happen anymore. You're just, you're probably using the wrong site or the wrong app. This is the right app to use. It's called Game Time. They are our partners for a reason. Flash deals, last minute tickets, easy to find tickets, the views of your seats, the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. It's for the people. And by the way, with the game time guarantee, 
you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, like you're doing right now and you went somewhere else and you found it for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference, aka it's not happening, okay? Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use code FTLive, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. That's FTLive for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. So all-star rosters are out, and I want to elaborate on snubs. Number one, by far, how do we not have Wander Franco in the all-star game? Now, I'm sure there will be subs and reserves being replaced because maybe they're out, whatever it is, and he'll probably be one of the first people on the outside list that gets in. But the fact that he didn't crack the original roster and we don't gush over war and wins above replacement on the show, but when a dude is second in the AL to Otani and he plays an overall game, he's 22 years old, offense, base running, defense, AJ, this is the kind of guy that you want to highlight as a league. I'm not blaming you for him not being on there. I'm just saying, how do we not have a player like this in the all-star game, at least initially listed? Sure. If everyone stays healthy and none of the position players ditch out, no Wander Franco this year? What else did he need to do? Nothing. Nothing. What he needed to do was get picked to the all-star game. But, hey, our boy Whit Merrifield got in there, as we told him last week. So I can't complain that much about it. But, listen, Wander Franco, his numbers are crazy. I mean, eight, over 800 OPS, you know, OPS plus 124. 26 stolen bases, uh, plays shortstop, is kind of the leader. I would say, well, I don't know about the leader, but he's one of the leaders of the Rays, which is the best team in the American League. And so to me, the fact that he's not even on it is kind of a travesty, but it'll get fixed because somebody will pull out because they have a they have a sore anal fissure. <laughs> is there ever one that's not sore? Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's just an automatic, like, ow. (laughs) If you deal with enough of them, maybe it's just not sore. I don't know. Uh, I don't. You got to look back to understand that joke. But I don't understand. I I don't think. I don't know. I I don't. I don't get it. I think there is. Yes, I get the whole war thing, but it's definitely nothing about him getting benched or anything like that. To me, maybe he takes over the lead as the most underrated player. You know, I think a guy like him and a guy like I said, Spencer Steer earlier on the National League side. But, you know, you have underrated players. But this one's this one's crazy to me because his his value is on base and is like, are we on base, you know, society now? He has 26 stolen bases. Witt only has 18. Like, I'm glad Witt made it, though. Same, same. Well, there's room Dude, for hold both. On. You know who's, who will not know the answer to this question? Ken Rosenthal. He will not have it. Bring him in, AJ. Bring him in because you guys work. You guys have so much chemistry from the weekend. I watched that whole game waiting for you guys to fight, and there were just like no boxing gloves even available at Wrigley. That's because he was too far down there. He was trying to survive the flood that was happening down there. (laughs) You guys did get some rain delays. Oh, we got a three hour rain delay. And all I had the whole time was Ken in my ear going, I can add. I can add. When can I come on camera? We're like, Ken, we're in a rain delay. We got plenty of time. Scott, let me tell you the truth of what happened in the game. On air, AJ was fine. Nothing insulting or anything like that. Off air, right before I interviewed David Ross, and I will admit to getting on a higher step than David Ross to interview him. That's what I did to get eye to eye. AJ is having a conniption in the booth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why'd you move steps? Why aren't you on the the right (laughs) step with him? And then Adam Amin, who was about my size, God bless him, he got in AJ's grill, man. It was great. 
he what does he call this you? This was all off the air, though. What does he call you? His short king? He short, calls you his short king. He calls king. us both short kings, yeah. Yes, exactly. He's like, Ken's my short king. So he, <laughs> I understand. So this was, this was all going on, Scott, and then you know how it is. Welcome back to Wrigley Field, everyone. <laughs> oh, I know how it is. Yeah. Well, hail to the short king then, because we need a little help right now, Ken. So, and I know you talked about all-star rosters a lot on fair territory as well, including Tatis. So you can mix it all in here, but just wanted to start with Wander Franco and why the league needs to make sure a player like this is highlighted, even if fans and his peers don't recognize him. Well, it's not even a question. And in my mind, it's not even a question that he ultimately will be there. The issue was that they took eight infielders. Now, when I made up my mock all-star team the other day, I had 10 infielders. But ultimately, the league took an extra catcher and an extra outfielder. So you're down to eight. It's really two at each position. And the two that were elected by both the players and fans at shortstop were Corey Seager and Bo Bichette. That left no place for Juan DeFranco. Now, Witt, we all love him. He benefited from being at a position where there really wasn't an obvious backup to Marcus Simeon. So he gets voted by the players as the backup second baseman. That's great. But to have an all-star game with Wander Franco not there and Whit Merrifield there, that's a little bit odd, as much as we all love Whit, And I think Whit would be the first to admit it. Ken, do they still do the extra guy fan vote thingy? No. That oh. is gone. Yeah. because yeah, Why? Why? Yeah, that was my favorite way to get elected to the All-Star Game. <laughs> I'm not sure. It is a cool... Actually, I liked it too. I don't want to say this 100% because I'm not positive, but I don't think so. I think that's it, guys. Uh, I yeah, I, I think so too. I haven't heard anything about it. And they, it kind of no. just like, went away under the radar where it disappeared. They, I mean, working for the lead for years, we promoted the hell out of it. They were like, hey guys, today all we're talking about is that extra vote. Let's get votes. And we'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But maybe I don't love the system now. The two phases now. They have two right. phases of the fan voting, so it's a little bit elongated that way. Voting fatigue. Go ahead, Kratzy. No, I'll, all I really want to know is, Ken, did you buy AJ his dinner? <laughs> rain delay. Well, there was no dinner rain because delay. the rain delay. Yeah, yeah and also AJ, AJ sauntered into town a little late on Friday night, so he did not join us for dinner. <laughs> oh, I see. So AJ was late for the dinner that you did, were going to buy him, so now you don't owe him anymore. Well, truth be told, Eric, I didn't go to the dinner either. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy interviewing Marcus Stroman for his trade trade recap. Which we'll get to, which yeah. we'll get to. I want to stay on All-Star for a sec, though, because I read the article late last night, and I know you talked about it on Fair Territory. Let's kick it around here for a moment, because you said you love hate. The Tatis situation, actually, I pulled my favorite part here that I know these guys will like. It is still rare for, in the athletic, it is still rare for a player to openly criticize a teammate or rival who is caught using PADs. But when it comes to Tatis, I can picture players sitting at lockers, filling out their ballots and thinking, fuck this guy. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. Well, actually, from being in enough clubhouses over the years, I actually can picture that. And this is a very interesting situation and it jumped out at me last night when the selections were announced even more than Wander Franco. Tatis is one of the best players in the game. He is one of the most exciting players in the game. He is almost the definition of what you would want in an all-star game. He is, despite starting the season on April 20th because of his suspension, sixth in the National League in Fangraph's version of war. And like you, Scott, I'm not an all-war, all-the-time all guy, but that is telling, especially because it's a cumulative metric, and he started late, and he's still up among the league leaders. 
But what stood out to me here was that as much as I would love to see him in the game in many ways, I also love that the players stood up and said, we're not having him. He was suspended. We don't like this. We're going to take as reserves Juan Soto, who was having a great year offensively for sure, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Nick Castellanos. You can make the case that Castellanos and Tatis are comparable. Castellanos having a great year. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is not anywhere close to Tatis. I'm sorry. So it seems to me that the players here made a clear choice. And I applaud that choice because you know what? This is their game too. It's not just the fans who vote. It's the players who vote. And what they're saying here is you served your penalty. That's fine. But we're not going to have you in the All-Star game on our behalf just yet. Hey, uh, AJ or Kratz, if you were one of the current players in this situation, yep, I already see that. That's part of what we have here with this show. Kratz, you're shaking your head. If, if Tatis is doing what he's doing and deserves to be there, are you, you penalizing him? And would that continue, though? Like, does this continue for the players even after this year? Like, is he losing a popularity contest or you're just giving them a one-year punishment? Curious. The question, the question is always, is he still on it? The question is always, is it still like the whole, like the whole, like Wander Franco getting benched thing like that. I'm not, I'm not voting against that good player, bad player, whatever. If Tatis is on the border, you question, was he on it before? Is he really as a player, as a clean player? That's what you're, you're always questioning. So how long do you let it go? I'd vote him right away if he was my teammate. But he's not. There's 29 other teams that didn't vote him. Here's the thing. Exactly what Kratz just said. This is the one way that players who are clean can try to affect players who aren't clean. And it sucks because he probably deserves to be there. And he probably will end up getting there anyways because, again, when somebody gets hurt or whatever. But the players have will say in one thing, really, and one thing only, and that's their vote in the All-Star game. So they all stood up and said, no, we don't want him there. And they spoke. And that's a good sign. And, you know, will it change next year? I don't know. But he could also get ringworm again. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the oh, way, w- well done for popping off. Uh, visit candypop.com, uh, cookiecandypop.com, <laughs> and enter code FOULBALL for 20% off. And, and let's hey, keep rolling. What? Hey, you know, Tatis – Got popped, so it's perfect. Yeah, that's why we picked it. Boom. <laughs> dun, 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 sh- All right, AJ, ask about Stroman. Let's get to Stroman. You guys were Ken, both since, there. What's going on? Ken, since I wasn't listening during the broadcast on Saturday on Fox, <laughs> uh, what did you say about Marcus Stroman possibly get traded? Um, is he going to get traded? Is why, is why haven't they extended him? Because for those who didn't tune in on Saturday, Ken, you had a great story about, and I asked you, man, he's basically begging to stay. So why is he not – why have they not approached this? Why have they not said, man, he's one of the best pitchers in the National League. We need this guy for a long term. Well, what I reported, AJ, and I'm sorry you weren't listening, but I said that the Cubs are not inclined to sign him to an extension before the trade deadline. And there are a few reasons for that. One, they don't know whether they'll be in contention or not. And if they're not in contention, yeah, they'll probably want to trade him. Two – Their budget for next year hinges on how they finish this year. So they really don't know what their payroll is going to be in 2024. And three, perhaps most importantly, Marcus Stroman probably has 15 starts left for this season. And who knows what might happen in those 15 starts. Now, granted, 
if you really were intent on not having him become a free agent, yes, you'd look at this right now, but you'd be taking a risk. There's no question, just as you're taking a risk by letting this play out, right, and having him go to the open market. He wants to stay. He has made that clear, and he understands the team's position. He, when I talked to him, was not at all rancorous in any way. He basically said, listen, if it gets to that, I want to come back here as a free agent. I want the chance to do that, and hopefully everything will be good. So he's been through this before. He's been traded before. He's been a free agent before. But as we get closer to the deadline, one thing to keep in mind, I'm not sure everyone realizes this, he already has received a qualifying offer. So he cannot get another one. He got one from the Mets a couple of years ago. That means that the Cubs cannot get a draft pick for him if they lose him as a free agent. So if they're going to get anything from Marcus Stroman, it will be at the deadline. And they're going to have to take a hard look at their team and whether they believe their team is capable of an NL Central title. We'll see. You said it just now as your number two point, And you also said it in the telecast. And I wrote it down before, so I don't get it wrong. The Cubs budget will hinge on where they finish this year? What is that? Right, because, Eric, here's how that works. And don't shoot the messenger. But the Cubs, like all teams, base their payroll on the previous year's revenues. Their revenues will be much higher if they have a great run here and make the playoffs. If they collapse and if they trade off pieces in the second half and attendance falls in the second half, though it's always strong at Wrigley, then that's a different equation. And that's part of what is going on here. And we can all sit here and say the Cubs should just spend. But the Cubs also want to spend wisely. And they also know that the free agent class of starting pitchers for 2023-24 does not solely consist of Marcus Stroman. There will be plenty of other starting pitchers available. Now, they're not going to sign Otani. I don't expect them to sign Urias. But Aaron Nola will be out there. Eduardo Rodriguez likely will opt out and be out there. And there will be others as well that I'm missing right now. So it's not all or nothing here. And clearly, they're going to need to spend to fortify their rotation if he leaves. No doubt. But here's the thing, Ken. When we talked to David Ross on Saturday, you were in there. What was the breaking news about Shohei Otani? He said, he said they needed a... They needed a strikeout guy and they needed a left-handed power guy. So I said, you're trading for Otani? And he <laughs> said? The breaking news was basically pressured into by AJ. AJ <laughs> led the witness and he said, Ross said that they needed a left-handed bat and a left-handed reliever. And sure, they could use a left-handed starter too. And AJ said, well, that means you want Shohei Otani. Ross, what is he going to say? Of course he wants Shohei Otani. Every team should want Shohei Otani, but he's not getting traded for one thing. And free agency, we'll see. As I said on the broadcast, hopefully you were listening to this part, AJ, no self-respecting large market team should be out of these sweepstakes. you got to dip your toe in the water, see if he wants to play for you. If he doesn't, fine, nothing lost. But if he has a little glimmer in his eye about playing for your team, it's in Chicago or if it's in New York, wherever, you got to at least explore it. AJ, they don't want him. You said lefty pitcher? He's no, a no, no. Yeah, well, he said a lefty power bat. Right, lefty yeah. Bat. And he said, a, he said a lefty reliever, but I was like, well, Shohei can get lefties out of the split. <laughs> right, so right. Show it. And he's like, yeah, we might take him also. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's my question off of that, Ken. We go from a minute ago 
saying that the Cubs will make decisions based on how much money they make this year, as if they should really be pinching pennies. They shouldn't be an organization like that. Right. Then we're talking about Otani. And I know there are plenty of Cubs fans that have said, hey, we're a dark horse candidate for him. We could get him, right? Wrigley, it's awesome. Go to Chicago, dominate the division. It's a historic franchise, all of that. How can that be a discussion if the Cubs are, are worried about finances, the teams that that are going to go for Otani and and Trout was on with us on Friday and said, "Hey, listen, it's it's not going to be all about money because there are going to be plenty of teams that will offer him basically the world on that front. There's going to be more factors. Sure, I get it, but the Cubs need to be able to to play up here, like Yankees. You would think maybe Angels, Dodgers for sure, Mets maybe. Are are they going to be up here, or are these indications that they're not going to be at those kind of levels, like a top five payroll team?" Scott, it's a good question, but I am not linking one with the other. And I know what I said about Stroman, about how the budget will be determined by how they finish, but I almost think that for every team, Otani is in a separate category. Because not only is he a great player who will give you incredible performance, but he is a money-making machine all his own, right? You're going to get benefits from merchandise sales, from sponsorships, from all kinds of things that no other player really could give you in the same way. So I understand your point. It's a good point. And it's a fair question to ask. And I don't even know if they'll be in on Otani. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're not a self-respecting large market team that should be dipping their toes in the water. But to me, he is a separate entity altogether. Another team that might throw um, their hat in because they do with it, any big superstar, although they might want to chill a little bit because it's not working, the San Diego Padres. So another rough weekend, especially yesterday. I mean, you're like, oh, come back. And then they give it up to Tyler Stevenson um, later on in the game after the Tatis homer. So now they're, again, in a position where you're looking at them going, I feel like they're going to get going at some point. But it's, it's getting late pretty quickly. So first question on the Padres. Do you think that Juan Soto is capable of being traded for a second consecutive season at the deadline? I would say no, based on the comments of owner Peter Seidler this weekend to the San Diego Union Tribune. He said, we're not going to reverse course. And he said a number of other things as well, but he presented a very optimistic view of this season as it goes forward. He said, listen, we have half the season to play. I think things are going to be okay. Their playoff odds right now are at about 22%. Here's the Seidler quote. I absolutely love that we have high expectations. And it's incumbent upon myself and our organization to make them higher and higher and higher. That's the kind of baseball I really believe we're going to play in the second half. You can't predict with precision anything. True enough, but that's a much different view than we've heard from Steve Cohen of the Mets, for example. So I don't see the Padres trading Soto. I don't see them taking it apart at all. What I do see them doing, perhaps, is adding. And A.J. Preller, as their general manager, he is good at adding. I don't know that he's so good at roster construction because we've seen this team and it's incredibly flawed in many ways. But I don't expect, as Peter Seidler said, that they're going to change course in any way or shape or fashion. Well, I'm going to say and present you a trade because you said they're not adding, they're not tearing down. Who says no to a Cronenworth for Goldie with the salary swap in a trade? Hmm. Maybe the Padres say no to that because of the control. Cronenworth has this, I believe, an eight-year deal. I can't remember if it's yep. seven or eight. And Goldschmidt is a free agent after next season. 
So Goldschmidt's the better player. There's no question about that. And Gronenworth has really struggled this year, but I don't see actually either team doing it because Cronenworth, for the, if you're the Cardinals, he's not a good enough bet right now. You're, you're looking at him and you're wondering, hey, how good is this guy? And Goldschmidt, we all love him. He's one of the best players in the game. He's also going to be 36 next season, 37 the year after that. Now, he keeps himself in incredible condition. If there's one guy I would bet on, it's him. But that said, we would have said that about Max Scherzer. We would have said that about Justin Verlander. They're a little bit older. I get it. And they're pitchers. But as you get into your late 30s, it's less of a good bet. Let's face it. And I'll add here because I was doing some homework for you while Kratzy threw out that rando trade. So it's seven years, 80 mil. It starts next year. So, yes, right. it's technically like seven and a half years of team control right now. Cronenworth as an 85 OPS plus this year. He's having a, a, a very down year. And I know there are at least some Padres fans are like, it's been cool to spend, but did we need to extend someone like this right now? Because there were still the multiple no. years of control. Right. No, the, answer the answer was, was no. no. They went off. They, they did they not just... have to do that. Yes. Right. So it actually could be a bad contract. It's not like we have this super long sample size. He's been a good hitter the past few years, a little above average, but he's having a pretty down season. I don't think the Cardinals take on a contract like that right now. And he's playing first base, which diminishes his value further because he doesn't hit like a first base, but never did even when he was going well. So, yeah, I'm with you, Scott. I don't think the Padres would even want to do it, and I certainly don't think the Cardinals would. But where else are they going to change? They have to make changes, and he was the only guy that I picked out of the, picked out of the hat of the everyday players – Where's the change going to happen? I don't know that they want to change. If you read the owner's comments, he likes his team. He thinks this team is going to perform better. And whether he's blindly optimistic or prescient on this front, they're going to find out. And I just don't see them doing anything major. Their big free agents are on the pitching side. Blake Snell is one. Josh Hader is another. If they wanted to kind of retool and take some things apart, but they're not going to do that, again, based on what Seiler says. Now, the qualifier is if they go south further in the next month and it just looks that much more bleak, I would imagine they'd have to entertain it. But that is not the mindset of this organization. Ken, who's more optimistic, Cohen or the Padres owner? The Padres owner. It's not even close. Really? He's acting like the first half didn't even happen. Well, and those, it happened. Steve Cohen? Oh, I know Steve Cohen. Though, no, no, he's like, not. Oh, well. I mean, he's no, like Steve a, Cohen has said, he has said, if we have to sell, we will sell. And if I have to pick up money in these deals, I will pick up money. So he, in my view, is being much more realistic than Seidler. Now, it's all words. And at this time of year, there's only so much stock you can put in words anyway. It's actions that matter, especially at this time of year. But at the same time, if you listen to Cohen's news conference last week and what Seidler told the San Diego Union Tribune, two totally different outlooks. Okay, so Scyther just thinks they're having a bad three months. Essentially, yes, that's what he was saying. Wow. I mean, I wish I had money to play with like that, and I could look at it and say, oh, we just had a bad three months. Don't worry about it. We're under 500. We're in fourth place, and <laughs> I don't think we're catching the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, or Giants, but we'll just keep spending. Yeah, yeah. sign me up. I, I'm going to go back and play for him, please. <laughs> But, AJ, that's what fans want to hear. I mean, fans don't want to sell right now. No, but fans are also realistic. They're not – they don't – They don't. unrealistic. They don't want – Yes. No, fan, <laughs> fans are realistic. They don't buy the bullshit, most of them. Now, some do because they just want to buy it. But most fans are, are, are real. They look at it and say, 
okay, we're under 500. We're 81, 82, 83 games in. And realistically, we don't have a chance of winning the division because there's too many teams to jump. And nobody, I don't know. I mean, I guess Wild card, though, dude. Here's the yeah, better question if you're a Padres fan. Here's the question I'd be asking. Do I want to trade another top prospect or two to get this team better? Do we keep going here? Do we think do that's they the wise but, thing to do? But what do they go get? Because they were supposed to have a great rotation. They were supposed to have an unbelievable lineup. They have Hayter back in, and their bullpen was supposed to be dominant, as we saw it was in the postseason last year against the Dodgers. So what what do they need? Because I think it's yeah, – bullpen help. The bullpen is thin. And them and every, every other team. Sanchez seemingly has solved the catcher position for now, but that's a long-term need for sure. They could use help. They could use another starter too. There's not like guarantees there with any of these guys. Darvish has had injury issues of late. There's always ways to get better, AJ. You know that. But it seems to me, and the feeling around the industry is when you go this far as the Padres have, when you're this all in, you have no choice but to keep going. And that's a really dangerous place to be because they've essentially stripped the system already. They've got more guys coming, and they can always trade someone else. Jackson Merrill is the next in line. But that is, a again, dangerous game to play because ultimately you're going to need some young players, and most of their best young players, we're seeing them in Washington right now. Well, who would you rather be then? Okay, the Padres, who are all the way committed, right? Or a team like, let's use the Cubs, who we just saw this weekend, that are kind of in that middle area where are we in? Are we competing? Are we rebuilding? What are we doing? What's the next step? So, which team would you rather be? If I'm a fan, going into the season, the Padres, right? But look at the way it's played out. For whatever reason, there, it's not working, or at least it has not worked to this point. The Cubs, it's not really working there either. They've been kind of an up and down, mediocre team, but they have some young players coming. They've developed some. Justin Steele's an all-star, homegrown guy. There is something to what they're doing. It's a logical progression. Now, you want them to spend more money, but they're starting to. Stroman the one year, Dansby Swanson this year, Seiya Suzuki, they've added some pieces. They signed Happ and Horner to extensions. It's not totally blank there. And granted, they do need, as we discussed on the broadcast, another big bat. Their top guy in OPS outside of Morell, who hasn't qualified, is Ian Happ. And he ranks something like 68th in OPS in the majors. So, sure, they are not all the way there. But the problem with the Padres is if they don't win now with Soto or the next couple of years, Soto is one more year left after this one. All their players are getting older. Tatis, granted, will be moving into his prime. But I'm talking about Bogarts and Machado. This might be it, folks. Right? Blake Snell's a free agent. Josh Hader's a free agent. You can sign all these guys? I'm not so sure that's going to work out for them. Yeah. Uh, no, some of those moves we talked about, Cronenworth, like Darvish, gave him a lot of years at his age, you know, uh, away from free agency. It was Those were the ones that were interesting to me versus some, you know, versus Machado and, and trading for Soto. So let's finish with this to tie it right into the Mets because you wrote about them last week. I loved seeing, hey, where's Verlander going? Where's Scherzer going? I mean, they have the same record as the Padres, 38 and 46. Both of those teams are eight games back. And you've said this all year on this show and on Fair Territory. And we talk Cardinals, Padres, Mets, probably more than any other teams right now around the trade deadline. Those three teams, maybe one in my mind at this point makes the playoffs. 
So on the Mets side of things, can you run through your thought process when you were putting that article together on how realistic it is that some of those stars could be dealt? And this could be great for the Mets to build their farm system if they're really not going to make the playoffs this year because they need help there too. It's complicated. And the Mets don't have great potential free agents like the Padres do, or even the Cardinals. Jordan Montgomery and Hicks and Flaherty, they're not great, but they'll bring you something if you indeed decide to trade them. The Mets' potential free agent list is not at that level. Most of their guys are signed. Where this gets interesting is if they are indeed willing to trade Scherzer and or Verlander, but that is where it gets complicated too. Both of those guys, full no-trade clauses. So what that means is they can effectively direct where they want to go. Scherzer did that when he was traded from the Nationals to the Dodgers. He basically picked off teams and ultimately decided he wanted to be a Dodger. He became a Dodger. With those guys, that's only one complicating factor. Scherzer also has an opt-out after this year. What if he doesn't take the opt-out? Who pays for that year? Verlander has a conditional player option for 2025. If he throws 140 innings next year and is healthy, he can exercise his option for 25. That's more money. Who, again, takes care of all this? And I talked to a GM this weekend who thought, well, Cohen can pay down the salaries this year, but beyond that, he's not going to do it. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. And he has said he considers that money already spent, so he's willing to do some things to effectively buy prospects. They could shake up the deadline. I'm not sure they're going to. David Robertson is the one potential free agent. I should mention him. But they're going to try to get back in contention, too. They won two or three just now from the Giants. Nothing great there. It's a nice series win, but for them, it's like a monumental achievement, the way they've been playing. Let's see where they are in two weeks. Let's see where they are in three weeks and right up to the deadline because a lot of these decisions are going to go right down to the end. Yep. And for a trade deadline that looks like it's a little thin on starting pitching, oof, start throwing out Scherzer's name and maybe even Verlander. It'd be wild. That would make it from what some are calling like maybe a little more of a boring trade deadline to a super lit trade deadline. So I It's hope. never boring, Scott. I've never believed it would be boring the whole time. Things happen and the GMs in general, the clubs, they don't sit still. They're always trying. They're always thinking of doing things and – we might not see Juan Soto get traded, somebody at that level. But if we see a Scherzer go again, that's pretty interesting right there. Oh, hell yeah. Going into the season, no one would have saw that. So, Ken, thank you. Enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you later in the week. Okay, you guys too. Thanks. Appreciate you. And, hey, check out Fair Territory. It is live. Check it out. It includes the Braves domination, all-star snubs. Uh, the Tatis conversation continues with Ken. Also, grilling Ken includes some questions uh, about Farhan Zaidi and the job that he's done with the Giants. Only one all-star, yet the Giants are right in the thick of the playoff race. So a lot to check out there on Fair Territory. Nice, tidy little 30 minutes for you on everything you need to know around baseball from Ken. Uh, coming up soon, we'll have Ryan Helsley from the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's go in the weeds right now. Nice. Favorite graphic. Yes, agreed. It's perfect. It's got like Disney Channel Nickelodeon vibes, right? <laughs> a little bit. I like the hot corner one too because it's on fire, but true. I love the weeds. Yeah, in the weeds. So stories that we just don't want to get lost in the mix. What? Yep. Continue. A lot of faces from just AJ. Keep, just keep going. It's bright sun in his face.
Yeah. Anyway, I, I wanted to make sure I got to this because probably the most surprising part of my weekend of watching games was Toronto just shitting the bed again against Boston. How, how can you be 0-7 against the Red Sox right now and 7-20 and against the division? I do think when you watch this team, they're pretty good. Not against, the least, they're not. Against the rest of the league, <laughs> AJ. When you watch them against Boston, like especially the game yesterday on Sunday, I mean, definitely had a chance. They let them tie the game up on the Verdugo uh, hit that – or not a hit. They get an out, and then Vladdy tries to get another out, throws the ball away, Turner scores. Boom, we're tied. And then a couple innings later, Verdugo's like, hold up. When's the last time I over two months ago against this team? All right, I'm going to hit a dinger and have an epic bat flip, take a 5-4 lead, first pitch off Jordan Romano, just sunk them. I mean, Kratzy, I was shocked just seeing this team continue to fall to a Boston team that they're very average, and they'd be in first place in the AL Central, but you've got to be better against your division. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. And they have not been because they don't have anybody that's going to go out there and close out the games. I don't, you know, I see, not, not saying Romano's not closing out the games, I'm saying as a team, they just don't put the final stamp on it. Like, it just sent, It just seemed like when they brought Romano in, it was like, ah, this just isn't – I don't know, it was a tie ball game. They were sitting there, like – before I even, like, formulated my own thought, dinger, Verdugo. And it was like – you could just see they don't have somebody that – they don't have the opportunity or the ability in the lineup to, like, pull away from teams consistently. And so they just – kind of hang around that 500 mark. Is it but is that a player thing? Is that a leadership thing? Cuz remember they fired Montoyo last year and brought in Schneider and they got better. And now Schneider's been there all year and they're kind of around the same spot. So is that a do they need a player? They mixed up some players. They got rid of Teoscar, brought in Kiermaier, but you still have Vlad. You still have Bo Bichette. You still have a lot of the same dudes. What what cures that is the bigger question. I think you can also look at another team we just talked about, the Padres. Is it leadership? Is it Bob Melvin? Is it A.J. Preller? Is it Tatis and Machado? Is it Soto? These teams that are kind of struggling, is it, is it manager? Is it front office? Is it players? And that's what's so hard to figure out about baseball is, you can put these teams together and think it's going to work until it doesn't work. I feel like both are underachieving Padres and Blue Jays because of the players. I feel like the management, I feel like manager, I feel like the front office, I've, they've done the right things. I just feel like maybe the Blue Jays front office, eh, kind of how it is, but the players, I think both teams have superstars both teams are superstars that you see doing kind of the same thing, like Bichette two nights in a row against the Red Sox getting thrown out on the bases. Or maybe, no, Bichette was maybe the, the last series. But in a big spot, he got thrown out a second, and then you see Vladdy did. If you watch the replay, I don't think he threw the ball away. I think Bichette was getting there late to third base. You need to have that guy that steps up to be the leader. And I, I agree that both teams are kind of in the same boat. Obviously, the Jays are playing better, but, man, against the division, they are playing brutal. And, yeah, with all that being said, they're a game and a half out of a wild card. So just keep that in mind, too. That's the thing that's – like, we're talking Mets and Padres. They're eight games away from a wild card spot with a ton of teams in front of them. 
Toronto's right there behind the Yanks, Astros, and Orioles. It's just that in the AL, you're going to have one or two teams where you look up and go, damn, they were pretty good, and they're going to miss the playoffs. It's, it's just going to happen. So let's slap them, baby. I'll start. AJ, you go last. I want to cue Alec Manoa's line because I, I do think that's worth pointing out. Why are you shaking your head? Dude, it's double A. It doesn't matter. I know, but we, we showed his line from the other day. I just want to say, that like, one okay. That one didn't matter either. I understand. I'm just saying, stay on track. It, it does matter because guess what? If if he was terrible in this start, don't you start to get a little concerned where you're like, you know, like if he went one and two thirds and gave up eight runs, no, you don't care. This isn't spring training. Like when, he's he, gotta... when he pitches against the Red Sox or against the AL East, get back to me and let me know how he does. That's what I need to see. Yeah, but he's, you've already seen that. It does matter. You got to see a guy throwing. There, there's things you got to see, and I think the stats do matter. I, I disagree. Okay. Can we show the line? Do we have it? There it is. Five innings, three hits, one run, three walks, ten Ks, most Ks in a game for the. Since 2021. Again, October it's 7th. double A. I know, I know. Well, most starts. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. It's double A. <sighs> I'm rooting for him because I like We him. all are rooting for him. I'm not saying I'm not rooting No, I know, I know. I know I'm what you're talking about. I, it doesn't mean shit. I get it. I mean, guys go on rehab starts and they're working on certain things. He still walked three dudes in five innings. That, it wasn't like he was yes. zero walks in ten punches. He still walked three dudes in double A. And you know he was getting every call because I've caught dudes on minor league rehabs. Guess what they get? the umpires give them? Every freaking pitch because they want the guy on the mound to say, hey, man, this I had this umpire. He was freaking awesome, man. No, they want to be seen on ESPN and on and on other highlight reels of, oh, Alec Manoa. Yeah, oh, check out my, you know, I'm really, I'm really ripping the chainsaw <laughs> up, up here in, in New Hampshire. No, I agree with AJ on the fact that the strikeouts and the walks are two completely different things. I could care less if he strikes everybody out. And it's the most strikeouts he's ever had, but three walks, like you can't, like you can't have three walks. That's, that's it. There, there's no in in you're coming back because your walks, everything gets blown up, and your strikeouts go less and less when you get to the big leagues. So that's the biggest stat to me is the three walks. Walks go up, strikeouts go down usually. Yep. Hot dog eating contest, July fourth. Odds are set. Wow. Joey Chestnuts minus five thousand, just like for a like a maybe a bad burp or a throw up or something. Like you gotta you gotta give me whoever's next highest. Like I'll look at this dude, Jeffrey Esper. I would throw I throw a little a little down on on the BetMGM app tonight. No, am I off? Like yeah. I mean, am I, well, but am I plus? I mean, minus five thousand is that fun? I don't want to put down. Won? How many has he won in a row? A lot, yeah. but. Yeah, like, can you have a hiccup, Seven or eight. pun intended, for no, a hot dog He's throwing contest? up the whole time. He's throwing up in his mouth the whole time. So there's no, like, <laughs> not injured. He's not choking. That's better. This is better, okay? This is something I can play with. I mean, I don't – it's a tough watch for me, I'll be honest. It's just – it's not my thing. But the total at 73.5, the under is at minus 120. And 67% of the money is on the under. Um I'll take the under. Anyone else? Yeah, well, he ate. He only ate 63 last year. So, I feel like the under is safe. Yeah, 73 dude. and a half, dude, is a lot. But dude, Yeah, but he added like four inches of, of stomach mass. I don't know. I mean, what? Yeah, you're right. What? 
No, I'm I'm just playing off what we're talking about. By the way, when you watch this, when you watch this, why do the guys go? They're shaking it down. Yeah, what are they doing? They're shaking it down. It is. I Uh, mean, he's won 15 of the last 16, by the way, and seven in a row. Just FYI. I mean, I don't know if there's ever been a more sure thing than Joe. At some point, Joey Chestnut's going to eat a hot dog, turn into a hot dog, and just pour mustard all over himself, and the whole crowd's going to try to eat him. I don't know how he. How do you end this run of immaculate hot dog eating? I want to see. I want to see Scotty try to eat one hot dog. Oof. Nah, I'm good. Mm, not my not. burgers. I can, I can crush. Give me give me burger eating contest. Give me no burger bun, on though. a lettuce bond. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Chicago dog. Right. Chicago dog. No. Nah, I'm not a dog guy. AJ, finish Chicago. strong. Oh, by the way, in case you guys are wondering, I'm at I'm in Chicago. Uh, staying at a I'm staying at a pimp hotel. <laughs> and uh, last night after dinner, I'm walking to the elevator with my kids wife and kids and guess who i ran into newly minted all-star whit merrifield and i also got to meet the frog stomper i got to meet his <laughs> wife last night and i said you're the frog stomper and she just busted out laughing and i'm like i'm happy whit made the all-star team so he doesn't have to come come home and stomp frogs with you so Whit was very appreciative of his wife was great and uh, i think i might have been the first person to uh, congratulate whit on making the all-star game I think you did. I, I have not texted him yet, but, but he I did say he did say they waited at customs for two and a half hours. He's like, "Oh, the joys of playing for the Blue Jays." So mm-hmm. that they, they were a little bit upset that they had to wait for customs for two well, and a half hours. You know the deal. If you, if you're a free agent, you want to sign with Toronto. That's part of the conversation. How much? Oh well, they're offering. You know, the X team's offering me the same amount. How long does it take to get through customs? Uh, extra three million. Okay, I'm coming. I'll see you then. Good shit. Hey, enjoy your fourth. Whatever you guys are doing. Happy 4th. Happy 4th, people. We'll still have podcasts and all kinds of clips running. You just won't see. By the way, this is breaking news to Kratz and I that we did not have a show tomorrow. Isn't that the best news? Had no idea. There there are three holidays. Memorial Day, July 4th, Labor Day. Put it on your calendar. I said it now. Don't act like you didn't know. What? In September. You're not working on Labor Day. What, Ken? What'd you say, Ken? You're breaking up. Be alive on Wednesday, but we'll have plenty for you on Tuesday the 4th. Happy 4th, happy birthday America. Time to swing for the fences on BetMGM, a new MLB free-to-play game for sweet prizes. Here's how to make it happen. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android, play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game until September 7th, 2023, be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the zone you pick, you will get a single, double, triple home run or pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. You can play once per day. Prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.